Hello and welcome to the Ed Fringe podcast, Hal Cruttenden edition. This is an interview that I, Barry Ferns, took with Hal Cruttenden in 2012. Hal had been going to the Fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe, for about, I think, 13 years then. And uh, he's, uh, yeah, super experienced and just a brilliant performer all round. Have you seen Hal Cruttenden? I hope you enjoyed this. This is um, this was taken from Hal's house in his little studio at the back of his house. And um, yeah, as with anything with Hal, he was doing juggling five things at the same time so it was you know very lucky to get 50 minutes of his time and yeah i hope you enjoy this little insight this little slither of of a nugget of how cruttenden's experience of the edinburgh festival fringe and i will see you on the other side enjoy bye for now so uh how cruttenden hello 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 (laughs) very well um it's always fun there's a kind of false a kind of start to every interview it's like (laughs) chatting for a while and it's like oh and hello i'm slightly tired because i've been to the gym this morning that was a bad move before him to think but yes i am very well i'm very well and um i'm so edinburgh how many times have you done edinburgh um oh well i've i considering the length of my career not as much as i should have done i did it did a group show in 99 i did Solo shows 2002, 2003, 2008, 2012, and I did a sketch show in 2005. So I have to, I have done a fair bit, but I do, I do it sort of every other year probably is, was my average. But I have taken long periods without doing a solo show. So, you know, I've I was a little bit off Edinburgh for quite a while, and now I'm very on it because I had a great year last year, mm. which is typical of me. I'm very very shallow. <laughs> I didn't like Jeremy Clarkson. He saw me at a gig, liked me, and I've loved him ever since. <laughs> I'm like that. So Edinburgh loved me last year, so I love it back now. So that's mm. my, yeah. So what happened last year that I'm going to do this? What happened um, last year that didn't that kind of happen in previous ones? I ju- well, the thing is, I did have good years. I, did, I got nominated mm. for Perrier Newcomer in 2002. Mm. Um, but I just, last year was my most, so I got, I basically got the least criticism I've ever had. All my reviews were four stars last year. Mm. Uh, it was the, it was best career-wise ever last year. I got more people come to see my show. Mm. Um, I've got more things out of it. I got a lot of, just a lot of good things have happened because of Edinburgh last year. Um, and it's changed my career in a way that it didn't so much in other years, even when I got nominated for an award. Um, and I know you're meant to love it and enjoy it for what it is, but for me it's always been a little bit industry because I've had a family quite young. Mm. I've always been in Edinburgh going, yeah, got... I, I can't really party, it's not really fun, I'm here to work and my wife hates me being here. And you know, yeah. and they come up for a bit of it, but... Um, so I, yes, I'm a bit of a, I am a bit of a, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of an Edinburgh grump, really, I suppose. But I, I love the shows. I love what it makes, what happens creatively from putting a show together and doing that. And last year, I just loved the atmosphere of it. I didn't have a lot of stress. I just had a lot of things going well. Mm. My numbers were great. It was the first year I didn't have to worry about any of those things. So that's great for last year because of the Olympics. Was yeah, like it's like it hit a lot of people. Like, with it, do you think it was because the McIntyre? Um, effect, as it were, um, the, from before, and people kind of knew you and were coming to see. Yes, and TV, TV things do count. Mm. Shoving, it's very shallow, but you're shoving it on your posters, and they go, "Oh, you can't be," you know. Mm. It gives you that thing of, "Oh, you must be okay." Mm. To some comics, it also is a red rag to a bull that you're a sellout, shiny floor comedian, which I, I'm getting really annoyed by, and I very soon I'm going to really? write, I'm going to write a sort of rant on Chortle, I think about it, <laughs> because I just don't, I don't think. There are, I don't think there's as big a difference between those people that are on the big 
shows like Life at the Apollo and all the rest and people who think they're incredibly alternative and different and dangerous yeah. there are a few who genuinely are yeah. there's a lot who <laughs> there's a there's a lot who are you know telling the same sort of gags but with funny hair yeah and with a you know a, 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 a different side of delivery I think there's I think and I just I don't know I think it's a little I think it's shallow to condemn all sort of mainstream comics as shallow because <laughs> I think there's actually a lot I mean God, I was watching um, Sean Locke last night. Mm. He's done all those shows. Yeah. He's brilliant. I think McIntyre is absolutely brilliant. I don't, I, I'm not... So I'm, I'm getting into a rant that's off-air yeah. right now. Sorry. <laughs> well, is, but I mean, just to end that point, it is interesting that, you know, if somebody does a pullback and reveal joke and they just happen to use an inflatable hammer, yeah. it, it, you know, it, does, it doesn't seem as hack. Exactly. Because, you know, if, whereas, in fact, it is. It's just the same construction, but yeah. with a kind of, like, sort of novel twist. Exactly. So, but, whereas you can listen to somebody else tell a joke about, you know, a, you know, I don't airplane food, and it can be absolutely detailed and the way yeah. it's constructed like Tom St- some Tom Stave stuff is fascinating to mm. you know like you know that he showboats a lot of it but the way that he writes some of the stuff is really oh, yeah I, th- I think people tend to th- there is a slight attitude in comedy going it's got to be edgy it's got to not be wearing a suit and it's got to be mm. you know and as soon as you're wearing a suit and you've got a smile on your face and do something with a grin somehow it's naff and it's actually not you're not listening to what people are saying I think but I think a lot enough people aren't anyway that's so, not that's I, right. I, it's been preying so, on my mind this so it should be done by Edinburgh yes so I'll, 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 cut, I'll cut that out and sorry yeah. no I'll make sure that it goes uh, cut it out and send it to Shortle yes thank but, you uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, so Edinburgh the, 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 so the first where, where it starts is the Tron which is the mm. you know the square oh, where the Tron is yes mm. well I I do love the Tron as a venue not that I would recommend it over at my show this year, <laughs> um, or where I'm, I'm doing a play and doing eight shows at Kilda Balloon. But anyway, um, I, um, I am, um, I, I find that sort of that that square. I mean, I must admit, you know, we all slag off the street performers for being a bit naff, but they are. I do, I do still find myself stopping and watching and feeling really naff. But anyway, the Tron, I love as a venue. I. I haven't done the late night show there for a while. There used to be a late night. Um, is it still going? I don't know. Went on last year, but I was a bit off doing late shows last year. As I get older, I don't want to stay up so late. And um, but I had some amazing times doing the late show. I loved it. I had, I had a guy once. Um, I was on stage and I was doing something about. Uh, I think I'd been in Edinburgh about three weeks. I was getting quite stressed end of festival time and I was doing stuff on the English or all the British and this guy just went you English went all over the world oppressing people and I just lost it I actually went do you think you didn't come too? Do you not realise? I actually just read a thing on the number of Scottish governors of colonies in the West Indies. And I went, I'm fed up with this, oh, we're all brave heart. You're in it up to your necks. I did, a, I did a rant on Scotland being really guilty over the empire. And uh, got a massive round of applause. It was a wonderful moment. And I said, it's, I'm so angry. And I kicked a... Ch- oh, no, that, was a, that might be another time. That might be another time when I had a bad review that day. And I went, I'm really pissed off with this review. Kicked this chair over and went, sorry, that was too far and picked it up again I, I was I, so I, I love I love that venue because it was a little bit it can be a little bit leery and a bit interesting and small and confined and sweaty and very Edinburgh um, so 
So that's my yes, I like that place. I've I've lost my cooler a couple of times. It, it has that kind of um, it, it, the the walls drip with sweat. It's very you know it's yeah. stone. It feels like it's carved, been carved out of yeah. Rock. And it you know when you get under, it's a real trolls kind of that like it, that room seems to suggest those types of performances. Yeah. Like you kicking over a chair. Yeah. The politest person, the better. It's kind of like it kind of... That did get a massive laugh because I did kick it over and go, God, what if I do? What's happening to me? Um, I do think that, that... I mean, that's... That is one of the awful things about stand-up, and it's getting worse. But you've got to give the stand-up licence to be talking about things that will affect you directly. And maybe if you... And yeah, if you are suddenly offended, quietly go and... But, but there's not a thing about going, you know... I think I think people have got to realise they're stepping into a room into into a different place in stand up, and you can't be going. You can't talk about cancer. My aunt's died of cancer. You can't because because you're being really hypocritical because what you've done is probably laugh at other stuff that doesn't affect you. You selfish bastard. That's what I've told Doug Stanhope to say. I get I get furious when people. I'm really angry today. I think it's this. I'm, sorry, I'm sitting in this office fuming, waiting for you to arrive. But, anyway, um, but you know, I think I th- I think it is. It, it is audiences are so full of their own the importance of their own tragedy and uh, they've got to, you've got to realize that people are you know we're, we're really good stand-up is going to go to dark places that's the point of it to try and make things better to try and stimulate debate and the best stand-up will do that and it anyway drives me mad sorry so um, but no that's great um, so there's that that the tron where and i really like the the the, the scottish taking the scottish yeah. part because you know it's just a, there's a lot of fallacies around that people don't really think about yeah. you know so um, there, um, and then Tron Square, Hunter Square, is yeah. where there are kind of a lot of street performers, yeah. pretty much all the time. Are you going to say something about that? You kind of went into the Tron, or you? Well, I just no. I just remember that I, that I used to get, you know, you sort of walk past and you're trying to be a cool. I work at the festival. I've got a show here. I'm not really a tourist. And then you go, oh, that is quite interesting. Oh, he's got a little eight year old. He's going to throw in the air or something. So um, I'm just a sucker into those things. Was it when my kids come up? They have to stop at all of those, and that. Drives me mad, but um, I do respect street performers. I think uh, there's, you've got to be a certain breed to actually try and to, to stop people to actually demand attention in the middle of the road and keep everybody's focus. And you know, we worry about oh, we might have a rough gig in a room, but to actually do something in the middle of the street, it's very very tough. So I've huge respect. And that walk is always quite difficult if you've got a bad hangover up the hill to Hunter Square, so from Cowgate to Sunnyside. It is quite it's quite a steep. So from there we go up to on the Royal Mile. So there's obviously you've got a lot of flyers there. Flyering is the 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 rule of kind of the, the mile over the festival. I mean, have you flyered much? Or you like the festival box office that kind of? Anyway? Yeah, I did flyer there a lot in. 2002, 99, my first two times I was there I had to fly a lot um, and yeah I I, I mean if, if, if anybody is walking in that area now and you see somebody dressed as a king, that show is crap if people are dressed in big costume things, the show is rubbish they're far too proud just to be there they're obviously dressing, it's like kids playing fancy you know, dressing up clothes, games, or whatever. Um, so, just a little word of advice: don't do that. Or anybody doing weird slow motion flyering. I've seen that. Or just, I find it. Um, I, I, I. This is another thing. I just why I loved last year. I didn't go to the Royal Mile hardly at all. I was in Marchmont doing my show at Pleasance. Um, I find the Royal Mile incredibly aggravating because it's it's just full of enthusiastic students, and the older you get as a comic, 
the more these people drive you mad as you go, I'm not here for just a laugh on daddy's money. I'm here because this is about my show that I care about. You know, that um, I'm not here to mess around and art. Isn't this jolly japes? And then we're back to college in September. So it, I've got a real, I've got a chip on my shoulder about Royal Mallet because it is so full of sort of, aren't we weird and creative and wonderful? And look at my weird outfit and look at my, it's just shut up. Your show's not good. That's why you're desperately having to fly her on the Royal Mile you're not getting enough people in all the good shows don't desperately have to fly they have such great word of mouth and if, if you're in there in week three and there's still people massively flying they're really crap because they're not selling well from word of mouth um, having said that obviously you might have a flyer of mine give you a flyer for my show on the Royal Mile in that case obviously take it but it just oh last year I saw a student dressed as a soldier tied to a sort of post with his, just with flyers in front of him and a blindfold on, going, I'm pulling a face. I just go, why? I don't know what, uh, do you really think your acting is that amazing? Oh, it's a man about to be shot. How amazing, what an amazing experience. I just, honestly, it's just, it's childish bollocks and Royal Mile really annoys me. I'm so angry in interviews <laughs> today. Do you know, I've done an interview with Moray Firth Radio today about another festival thing. And I was re- they were really jolly. And I think I used all my jolliness up in there. So I was looking for anger now. But Edinburgh does bring this out to me. I'm fascinatingly dark. <laughs> this is this is part of the experience as well. It's like a, a lot of, you know, a, it's, a, it's a festival about comedy. Or, mm. you know, not about comedy. There's a lot of comedy at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. There's that Edinburgh Comedy Festival side, especially. But that a lot of the comics are going through some of the worst times of their life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're either massively getting into debt. They're kind of, you know, is like there's a real conflict around Edinburgh you get to creatively do certain things yeah. but other other ways the odds are totally against you yeah. or, or can be however successful you are because even if you're successful your agent uh, gets you a massive venue that you then have to fill yeah. and you're doing terrible gigs to kind of like to more people that you ever performed to maybe but it feels yeah. three quarters full and it's like the most difficult gigs in the world rather than you know it's like so so even the high you know the high rollers are often yeah. kind of you know so so it does you know it does make sense all the kind yeah. of like, so the flyering that you did yourself were you just kind of hung over kind of uh, like the no, I was really annoyed I think I, I think it's because of my self-hatred that I hate them so much seeing them fly because I know I did the same things going hello come and see a show whoa look at this I've got a five star review in, in some crappy you know I don't want to slag off publications but the, the ones that aren't well known and they're just there for the festival are not to be trusted and anything with a dot com at the end is crap as well <laughs> but you know you always go hey I've got a five star review in you know Bob's Bob's biog of the festival dot com or something um, uh, or blog of the festival uh, so yeah, I've done all that sort of desperate selling and really I think I've really annoyed someone once someone I remember somebody walking past and going oh no where's the paper and I said I love you as he walked past and he just turned around and gave me a look then I he actually lived near where I was staying I met this guy in the park walking his dog and I went who met before oh you and he actually had a really nice chat going sorry I was in a really bad mood I said no I was being really sarcastic so I actually ran into somebody that I had a bit of a tete-a-tete with um the thing about flyering is you really do... Th- you meet with, And the people who take your flyer are being really nice and, oh, yes, they're really interested. Yeah, and hardly any of them come, really. It's, I, I mean, maybe flyering... Maybe flyering does help for some shows, but I do find, you know, if you like people, then flyer, but don't force yourself to do it if you're like me and you're quite 
you find it quite stressful being a performer for two hours of the day and then doing your show in the evening. Because I'd be shattered from being, hello, whoa, 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 what have we got? You know, yeah, you want to take a fight, you want to come and see this. And just being jolly and upbeat, it's so, uh, it's so hard. It's like another performance during the day. But uh, Patrick Monaghan, I bet, was great at it. I don't know whether he's done it a lot. Yeah, but that's because he, he, he was, yeah, in his head still performing from the night before. Yeah. You know, like, still. He, he doesn't does. turn off like his... Uh, no. Actually, I remember him in 2002. He was flying with him and Steve Williams doing something. So this is looking at 11 years. And I remember getting hugged by Patrick then. He just loves people. And it's a very good trait to have in comedy. <laughs> so um, coming up, you've got the... Coming straight up the Royal Mile getting towards the castle any yeah. kind of anything that you remember happening around there it's like you can turn off to go down the steps to the mound you've got if you turn left you're going towards Teviot Square yeah um, um, I've not really had an incident happen there I like that I mean I like um, I have happy memories now because there's a Nando's down the way towards on the corner from that walk down towards Teviot Square um and I do love that walk. I do love going the other way when you go walking down to, you know, if you go towards Princess Street or something like that, or towards the station, and you've got that lovely walk down past George. What's it called? I'm rubbish at the name. Assembly at George Street. No, Assembly at. Anyway, Assembly, whatever that thing, that big yeah. thing is. I think it's just Assembly. The yeah, Assembly. It's called Because it, uh, it was Assembly at George Street, it was the old yeah. Assembly, wasn't it? Assembly. Um, sorry, I'm quite rubbish at names of places, that's so I go, fine. yeah, that bit. That uh, I don't really have. That's right. Don't I don't really don't have, have to have an area. I feel like I should have had a more interesting life in Edinburgh. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, there are certain, everybody has different bits that they have more experience of, though. Mm. Like, uh, you know, some people have spent a lot of time in it live, other people have spent. Yeah. Um, but um, going down Victoria Terrace, you know, mm. Victoria Terrace is the one where you know where the underbelly starts yes. at the top, and then it goes it all the way down. The, yeah, it goes down yeah. to the so yeah, so it starts at the top there, and then goes down to the grass market. Yeah, that kind of cobblestony kind of area there. It's lots of cheese places, like there's a book place, anything kind of. There's a. Is there a pizza? <laughs> There's Pizza Express. There's a Pizza Express out there. I like the way that Pizza Express and Nando's. Are I know to... it's very bad, really bad eating habits come out of here. That's the thing. I don't. I probably don't enjoy enough of the of the um, uh, of the cultural sides of Edinburgh because I was spending my whole time being self obsessed and worrying about my show. All I can think of is that is just when I did my first year at the Underbelly when it was really quite in two thousand and two, and that was the back end that that back exit entrance in, and that was. Um, it was this venue that nobody had heard of at the time. So I remember that. I remember still standing outside desperately going, my show's on in 15 minutes! And it's and, uh, I'd even been nominated for newcomer, and I think I was still struggling for numbers. Wow. Um, but, uh, but no, Underbelly obviously has become fantastic now. So that's, no, I remember that with sort of a faint, faint whiff of sadness, because it was quite a struggle at that time. But also, I mean, I think Under, Underbelly's a great venue now. But... Um, Grass market. There's a nice hotel I stayed in down there when I did. I did a gig last year. Sorry, are we at Grass Market. Yeah, let's do that. Um, there's a really nice hotel, and I've got really happy memories of it because I did a corporate that I was really scared about. Because corporates that I fear are sports corporates. Anything for sporty people, rugby players, footballers. I had a gig just before last year's Edinburgh for the British Olympic swimming team who were based in Edinburgh training. And I stayed in this lovely hotel on Grass Market. I remember sitting over and going, what am I going to do? This isn't going to work. They're not going to like this. They're kids. They're, they're swimmers. They're sporty. They're not going to like my stuff. It's, you know. And they hadn't had a... They not, no one is drinking. I went to this... I went to the venue I was at. I can't remember where it was, but it was a really flash venue. Um, and 
they were the most delightful gig I've, one of the most delightful corporate gigs I've ever done and no one had it quarter past nine at night no one had touched any alcohol all these super fit swimmers I ripped the piss out of their coaches and the people in charge who were all Australians and Americans it's extraordinary the British Olympic swimming team is trained by foreigners um, and then they had a really bad Olympics and I have a sn- I don't want to be arrogant but I think I made them laugh so much and undermined their coaching staff so much. I destroyed their, I destroyed their faith in their coaches. But it was a, br- I just, I was so pleased because it was a, you know, Rebecca Adlington and people like that who I, um, so I was, so I was feeling particularly happy about that. So that's my happy memory from Grass Market is an outside the festival memory. But I do like Edinburgh outside the festival. It's a, you know, during the festival it is a slightly mad neurotic place because of what's going on. Um, and sorry when the festival's going on but but outside the festival it's it's just so much quieter and a bit moodier and darker and sort of yeah Mm. No, it's, it's it's important to know that things do happen outside the yeah. festival, and comedy happens outside that yes. one month. Yes. Of uh, so, um, actually, yeah, the relief of a nice corporate must be uh, kind oh. of like you must come off stage just going, oh, "That was all right." Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so there's the that that grass market area, mm. and then we're coming down to uh, Cowgate. So yes. the Cowgate. Um, if you started in 99, then the Cowgate was obviously quite different in 1999. There was the, uh, you had the old Gilded Balloon. There, yes, that hadn't yeah, burnt down. Mm. Yes. And uh, the Underbelly wasn't there in 99, but the Cowgate was, because I, the, my, the first time I went to Edinburgh was, I was 17 and I went, well, I was in 1995. Right. So, um, and it's, uh, yeah, it was quite scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cowgate's got a sort of slightly dangerous element to it, hasn't it? There seems to be some sort of sleazy bar and things around there or, be, or places that even during the festival are full of locals mm, yeah. <laughs> and one thing you don't want to meet in Edinburgh during the festival is locals it's not for them they should have gone they should have gone away and rented out their accommodation um, have they not read is there Adam Smith there's a picture of Adam Smith economics honest. it's like you can earn twice as much rent in exactly. one month and go on holiday exactly have they not figured this out I'm always tremendously disappointed when I've got, especially a Friday or Saturday night and you go on stage at your show and there's three quarters Scottish people this is outrageous I haven't prepared any material for you um, but uh, no Cowgate is I, I mean I used to get I did used to drink quite a lot in my first sort of year well 99 I was in this group show called Carlton's Comedy Warehouse and we used to go out drinking and I was stumbling down Cowgate far too far too drunk um, and doing embarrassing things and trying to get off with girls uh, I'm, actually I'm really really pleased I've been married for most Edinburgh's that I've done because between 1999 and 2002 I got married had two kids had two kids in the three year gap um, met my wife didn't even I didn't even met my wife just after the 1999 the festival and um, and I was just on heat when, if you're not with anybody you're constantly getting drunk and going oh you're a very attractive woman and just walking around the place the next day in terror and it's so lovely no, I'm so pleased I settled down and then did more when of my you say in terror what well, just because when you're drunk and it's just quite... I'm quite embarrassing when I come on to women when I'm drunk. I don't know how you do it, but I'm... You know, I'm, I'm quite a nasty, desperate... I mean, not nasty in a threatening way, but just quite sort of desperately, oh, come on, it's two in the morning. Do you want to go home with me? You know, probably quite... If it didn't come from such a camp voice, it might be quite threatening. Um, 
So yeah, I was kind of I was kind of appalling that ninety nine Edinburgh. I remember getting very drunk and ranting at people in bars and things. Right, so, <laughs> there is an yeah. So you say the fear, the fear being that in the morning you'd you'd meet the person that you came onto exactly the night exactly. There's still someone. I remember that nineteen ninety nine Edinburgh Festival. Somebody I was at the Perrier Awards, very drunk. And coming on to some woman who had a boyfriend, and I was trying to say, "Oh, come on, he's not here." We, you know, and she went, she went, "Really, I'm not interested, but here's my card because I, I like the comedy." <laughs> and I threw the, I didn't keep the card, going, "Oh God, I can't." Be. And I'm still terrified about this person in the industry. I can't remember who they were. She might be really, really important now. She, I tell you, she probably. Uh, I, I, I don't get myself into this point of view mm. in my head often. I'm like you. I'm quite shamefilled whenever I'm having to assert myself in any way. Yeah. But well, not in there. But you know, but especially with women. But um, she's probably quite. Um, I, I've come to this realization late, but she's probably just quite uh, kind of uh, what's the word? Um, flattered. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She, oh, that's that nice. Something she, she, she finds funny, <clears throat> trying to desperate, exactly. You know, with uh, real force to try and yeah, try and um, uh, in a become, sweet, ridiculous become way. Become more so. intimate with her. exactly. You just wanted you liked her so much you wanted to become exactly. Because I do think there is a lot. There is a lot of sort of there is a lot of people on heat in Edinburgh. There's a lot of kind of isn't there? And I'm really. It's been lovely to it's been lovely to be a happily married man and not have that element going on in my life. Um, when when I'm up there, so yeah, it's been it's been good. So um, sorry, Calgate. No, that's right. So Calgate. No, that's this is all good because it's all about like your experiences. So what what comes out is is great. Um, and then they go to Bloom late in live. But um, uh, so late in live. Did you ever mm. go to late in live? How did you? I went to late in live when. Oh, I actually haven't said that. I did do. So you think you're funny in '97? God, I've nearly been. A, how long have I been a comedian? That's, Bloody hell, for 16 years. Um, my first year, and we got free tickets to Late Live, and I did think, God, this is exciting. The old venue, that was in the old... Yeah. That was on Cowgate. Yeah, um, the, the big... What is the Sin Lounge now? Yeah. Actually, it's the same venue, but the rest of it's burned down. Yeah, and I've not been in there since. <laughs> but um, that was... That was really exciting, and that was really... Had that vibe to it. But, that, but um, And then I saw it a couple of years later. Yeah, because I was doing a show that Mitch Ben was in, for this Carlton Comedy Warehouse was a group of three of us and we were being filmed for ITV and they did a little show on us, sort of three episodes of us doing our trip to Edinburgh. You know, it was all in documentary and they stitched us up appallingly and they just looked like twats. I was about, we weren't exactly the most, you know, admirable people. Um, but we, were, we had to go and see Mitch Ben and the people at the TV things and you've got to heckle him while he's on at Late Live and I went, there's no way I'm going to heckle another comic. No way. Um, so it's because it just... Just thought, yeah, you meant to heckle Mitch because it's kind of, and I was thinking, no, you don't do that. We're not Mitch any harder than it is, um, but it really was a bit of a bear pit then. I think late and live now is. I did it once last year. I won't do it again. It's not. It. I, I had a fine time last year, but it's not. I don't know. It's, it's. It's slightly not what it was. It's not got that energy anymore. And also, if it did, I still probably wouldn't do it because I don't think. I think there's certain comics that revel in that, and I don't. I don't 
for me comedy is not about some confrontation and isn't it great don't comics love getting over the problems of dealing with a rough crowd and, or you've really earned your spurs I'm, I've been going too long to have to feel that uh, that's earning my spurs you know defeating people um, having a certain specific skill set yeah. rather than because somebody that does well late in life doesn't necessarily have anything worth listening to no exactly or, or you know that you would enjoy as a as a, as a, as a nicely written piece yeah it, it's like when people go oh British comic British audiences you know, we're tough, aren't we? That's part of the reason we have some crap comics because they're great at dealing with rough rooms. Rough rooms are not good for comedy, they're just good. Oh, if you think it's funny to be drunk and you know, shouting stuff out, I mean, I think funny heckling, like I haven't done up the creep phrases in London, but that used to have hysterical heckling, really clever stuff, real quality. And maybe Late Live did, but I think it's. You know, it's 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 not got. Having said that, I don't know what late late live is good for the people that it is. I'm just remembering that I'm doing eight shows at the Gilded Balloon, and I'm not <laughs> eight here. Shows. No, I'm doing oh, eight days. I'm doing the beginning of a. I know, so i eight days, and we did the beginning of a tour. So, shall I be plugging my show? I just, I, I, yeah, that yeah. wasn't a deliberate plug. At, at, the, at the end, I'll ask you anything yeah. that you want to say, and it will be. Um, it wasn't a deliberate plug. No, I was just saying because I'm doing a few shows and doing a play. So. Um, and. Oh, actually, heckles. Any heckles at, up the creek or anything else that you'd kind of that's that because oh, it's a nice God. thing that people kind of. I'm trying to think of great heckles. God, anything. Oh, my best heckle was at Edinburgh University outside the festival. This is a beautiful moment in comedy. I was quite new, supporting Ian Cognito. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, this is this is what two thousand something like that. I'm like two thousand. We're doing we're doing Pleasance, you know, the Edinburgh University. What is what is the um, cabaret bar at the uh, in the Pleasance? And this is where they do gigs for Edinburgh University outside festival time. And I'm doing a joke stupidly to students. Probably I'm doing a joke about suicide. It's a good joke about suicide. It's not about let's laugh at suicide. It's about attitudes to suicide. And I'm doing my suicide stuff, and this guy goes really self-consciously, can you change the subject, please? And I went, I was quite new, and I went, oh, oh, right, oh, dear, oh, right, okay, no, oh, no, what am I, oh, what? and I started dancing around the stage, going, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of, this is awkward, how am I going to get out of this awkward situation? Shall I, shall I talk about people thinking I'm gay? And somebody else chimed in with, can you change the subject, please? And it brought the house down, and I was like, so I was put in trouble by an annoying, um, self-obsessed student thinking that, Please don't talk about suicide while I'm at a comedy gig, you idiot. You know, if you're, someone close to you has committed suicide or whatever, or you feel suicidal while you're at a comedy gig, if, you've, if you're in a desperate state over it. That's what Ian Cognito said to him afterwards. I, was, I wouldn't have said that. But, um, but he did this whole, you know, don't talk about it. And then the other guy saved me. I was just fantastic. Just to go, <laughs> has anybody got this? What do you about being gay? And it just this other guy, you know, making fun of him. It was brilliant. So. I, love, I love it when an audience gets their own kind of joke and gets yeah. their own kind of um, uh, uh, callbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like a third time somebody could, could just change the subject and it would still yeah. get a laugh. Like, exactly. Yeah, it was appropriate. But I've had, I'm quite bad at gags in terms of gag gags. Mm. And I've once had somebody heckle and everybody laugh and I didn't get the. <laughs> I'm the comic on stage going, I don't get that. What's the. Oh! It took me, you know, I've sort of found out later on. But um, Edinburgh, heckling, Edinburgh heckling can be quite cutting. I did a show, I was doing a. I had a terrible show in 2003. I mean, it was usually a good show. I had one terrible night. Um, there was a Pleasant's Dome. And, uh, and I had a bit in my act where I talked about miracles and was talking about. God and miracles, and um, it's right near the end of this, and I'd struggled with this audience that just were not into it. 
And I said, does anybody believe in miracles? This guy went, not tonight, I don't. And I was like, just, I just, it was, it destroyed me. I was so on the floor. I was like, and I offered everybody their money back and nobody went and got it. And I went to the box office and just went, I've just offered everybody their money back because I was really off form and it was rubbish tonight. And they went, well, you're not really allowed to do that, but if anybody does, well, I'll, you know, you can maybe pay them. And nobody did, rather sweetly. So they must have thought I was, I was just, they just, I think if you get tired in Edinburgh, and you get into the wrong headspace and you get down about something, you can really destroy your show. And it is you doing it quite often. You think, oh, it's a dodgy... It was a dodgy audience, but you've got to go out there every time and go, oh, I'm going to persuade these people. I've got something interesting to say. If you start, if you've had a bad review or you haven't got had the Edinburgh you wanted, you don't sulk and you can take it... You know, you end up taking it out on an audience that are ready to laugh, so... That's what I've done that time. Right. Um, so, um, <laughs> so I can just imagine that moment of cold sweat on stage, which is like, oh. <laughs> it's like the, the knockout blow. Of just yes. like, I have nothing now. There's nothing left that I don't have anything to give <laughs> other than the money back. That's all I can give. Like, there's no comedic kind of like rabbit out of a hat. Oh, no. There was nobody else from Edinburgh University just to go. I know. The subject, please. I needed that guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so and so that's late in life and then it kind of comes back up at that road mm. to the Tron again and or kind of oh. uh, Nidri Street which is uh, mm. and and uh, there's the Hive and that kind of area I mean uh, down the Cowgate there was also do you ever go to the Holyrood Tavern that was yes that was, uh, yes uh, Brian Higgins used to run it does he see it he still does is he Brian Hig- do you know Brian Higgins not that. Brian Higgins go on Brian Damage, the oh, comedy Brian Damage. name Brian. Uh, Brian Higgins is a different comic. Brian Damage and Crystal. Crystal, yes. Yeah. And they would run a show there a few years ago, and um, that was always quite tough because they'd get a lot of people in last minute from the pub. Um, but it was a good workout. It was a good. But it was it, it, you couldn't take what happened there too seriously, or else you start going, oh, that won't bit won't work at all. And it was. But I liked that little room. It was sweet. It was a nice little area. And it's where Laura Solon won the Perrier from in two thousand and five. God, I'm like Norris McWhorter of Edinburgh. And I Will um, Hodgson won best newcomer from oh, there, I think in two thousand and two. No, two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. Yes. It's wow. a good precedent that room. But uh, yeah. sorry, you were going to say about Laura Solon. Yeah, but she did. No, all I know is I've not actually seen. I never saw that show, but she's very, very good. But uh, but lovely little venue, really nice. I don't know what happens there now. I don't know if things still happen I'm there. I'm sure that it's been renovated. I think it's some kind of whiskey bar. Oh right. Uh, kind of like I know they had a load of whiskeys. I've been there a couple of times when the Pleasant's a bit too busy. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, that's the route. And right. the, the the one other question I ask is like any other when you think of Edinburgh, what memories come up? of Edinburgh like the extremes extreme of happy extreme of sad what kind of if you had to pick three experiences in Edinburgh that stood out I mean what would they be god that's really hard um I would say um that's really my happiest my happiest memories I love the Pleasance Courtyard as most people know love to go there I this last year, 2012, was the first time I'd been in the Pleasance Courtyard. Um, and I just find it the most fantastic place to do comedy. That's, that's kind of most of my great memories of being there or hanging out there. Usually I was, you know, playing in, in different areas. I'm trying to think of... Uh... Oh, I tell you what, after that show where I offered everybody their money back, Pleasance Dome, 2003, I went downstairs 
to see Julia Morris, who's now about to be the chief presenter on Australia's Got Talent, I think. Uh, very, very big in Australia, Australian comic. And I went to see her show, and I did have a moment. I was so down, and I thought, I've got to go and see a show. And I went to go and see hers, and it completely lifted me, because it was just camp nonsense. She was the most fantastically camp. It was slideshows of her, and, and like everyone was like, ha! It was about her brother, Brett, uh, I don't know, Brett or something. So it was all like, how gay does Brett look in this one? And it was just a big camp Australian show, sort of, you know. Um, and... That was a that was a night of two extremes of having somebody destroy me and me go do we want their money back and I thought I've got to I, I can't be by myself I've got to go and see a show. I do find Edinburgh quite lonely because uh, I often don't have the family up for long periods and uh, in fact they didn't come up at all one year. Um, last year they didn't come up at all um, because my wife doesn't t- tends to find it quite stressful because I am a bit of a nightmare when I'm up there you know you're you're so busy uh, I would say my best is I did also love doing a play at the assembly rooms in 2008 because that I hadn't done the acting for years I did this monologue um, which got amazing reviews um, brilliant, like masses of five star reviews and I, I must admit I wasn't the writer it was George Orwell who's a good writer um, but it's been, a, have heard of it been adapted by the, by, from the book Coming Up For Air and it was and it was kind of my Hamlet moment because it's about a sort of it's a, it's a great story it's, yeah. it's kind of like uh, he's lost low man is it no not low man he's a lost man he's a kind of like he's yeah he's, I, I he's, he's tough he's my living in the suburbs the war is looming fishing, isn't it? he yeah. goes fishing he goes back fishing yeah. and as it went, it went tra- transferred to Trafalgar Studios oh. and that did you do it transferred to Trafalgar yeah well? and I went to Trafalgar Studios and did it in 2009 um, and then this play this year is the first time I've acted since then so um, so uh, and that was that was just something I mean it was 11 in the morning it was madness I was doing my stand up show at 7.30 at night 11 in the morning I was doing this play but that was really rewarding because it kept me really straight for the whole festival I wasn't drinking or anything because I had to get up and be you know and it was it was wonderful to have feet in both camps it was wonderful to do a festival where you are in the sort of artistic theatre people camp and you're also in the stand up camp um, I'm doing it slightly this year by doing a, a play as well doing making news but it's got a lot of comics are in that play like Phil Jupiter and Sarah Pascoe um, so I do, it's it's probably t- the, the problem with it is if you do do two things at the same time in Edinburgh something usually suffers if you do more than one thing if you concentrate on one thing give it your best shot um, but my stand up suffered in 2008 because I was doing a play so anyway that's a mixed feeling of great that great thing I, I'm trying to think of one great event there I'm trying to think of something that sums up a great moment and it's really really hard oh it was last year no this is pathetic this is me for name dropping I was in Pleasant's Courtyard last year because part of Edinburgh, part of the experience of Edinburgh is that it, it's like an Olympic village of comedians and, yeah. and performers so that you do often turn around and there's Paul Merton next to you it's yeah like, hi Paul <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or gone well I had I Sarah Millican came to see my show and um so sweet, she bought tickets and then she got me freebies for her show at the Hamsworth Apollo in November. And I still feel guilty about it. Um, I know people, people got much more money, but I think, you know, she should always pay your way. Um, she came to see my show and she waited to be afterwards and went, oh, it's brilliant, loved it. And I know, and she went, one of the cores was in the second row. Do you know, one of the cores, the, one of the girls in the cores. So I could tweet, Sarah Millican just told me one of the cores. <laughs> That's my name drop for the evening. Um, 
so it's I don't know it's it's there's there's something I, don't, I can't think of happy, I mean in terms of I've nearly one Perrier newcomer that's great to go to the Perrier and being up for an award is brilliant but for me the, the best times have been a great show uh, when you have a great show and you feel like you've really gone through your audience are with you all the way. You've really bonded with them. You've really interacted. You've you've gone through an experience, and and you're in some you know little room in Edinburgh. And I don't think anything beats that in comedy. I don't think any. I don't think doing two thousand people in or doing an arena. I think there's there's that closeness of going. Brilliant. I've got people in. They've come to see a show. They haven't been ripped off because Edinburgh is full of shows that are garbage and charging money and people are, you know, feeling angry that they've wasted their time seeing it. But when you really think you've really worked hard at something and usually you've sweated your ass off, I've lost some weight in Edinburgh through sweating in hot venues. Um, that's the biggest. So just going off and going, oh, I did a brilliant job tonight. I do find it quite emotional. There's a lot of, I do a lot of hugging myself and patting myself on the back at Edinburgh because getting through it is a trauma and it's an achievement to, to every time to keep your spirits up, to deal with the fact that you've got so many things that are attacking you the whole time, just attacking your psyche. You've got, you know, you're there to be shot down. You've got, you've got friends and competitors shooting past you because you think, oh, they're getting something, they're getting loads of attention, they're doing really well. It's very hard to keep a lid on your jealousy because other people are doing great stuff. Even when you're doing well yourself, I can be jealous of anybody if I'm having a great time. Um, so, I don't know, I, I think it's just that, that moment of, come, of just having had a great hour with your audience, walking off and just thinking, oh, I worked really hard and I did a great show, and... Then your agent comes up and says, "The BBC, we're, you, you had a commissioner in. You had, you got, you had hat trick were in. Uh, you know, you, whatever. You know, the, the, the people from Mock the Week were in." Um, and then you go, "Oh, that's an added bonus." But it, the truth is, it, you know, I do say it's all about you know getting things out of it, Edinburgh. But you wouldn't go if it wasn't the the main reason is to go and do a show you love and express yourself and and you know that's that's the biggest achievement for me. That's always been. I loved my show last year and that was the best thing about it even though lots of things came off it as well <laughs> lots yeah. of good stuff came from it so yeah it's often a self-fulfilling policy yeah kind of thing the more you love it the better it um, okay that's loads that's great that's fantastic yeah. um, what I was going to say is what are you doing in Edinburgh this year? Uh, I am doing a play called Making News um, which is basically about the it's a spoof on the turmoil at the BBC around the Jimmy Savile case but it's not a, anything it's a different scandal um, and you've got uh, Suki Webster's playing the main part of a kind of he, he takes over as sort of head of news um, uh, Suki Webster who's the, that's the wife of Paul Merton isn't she now oh, yes um, uh, and does you know she's an improv person so I'm looking forward to working with her and uh, Phil Jupiter is the director general and uh, I am a very very self-obsessed uh, camp TV Newsreader who's terribly worried about his career the whole time. It's so against type. It isn't me at all. I don't know. They didn't even ask me to audition. They just asked me to do it. So I don't know how they had faith that I would be this. I would be this self-serving, nasty man. But um, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm I'm doing my um, I'm doing a cheeky thing of last year's show. I'm doing eight shows of my show from last year with some tweaks because it's the beginning of a tour. I'm using Edinburgh as the start of a tour that goes nationally all around the place in the autumn. Um, so I will be having kind of eight shows, Gilded Balloon, with me or the same poster as last year, but 
actually it's going to have quite a lot of changes because my tour show will be an hour and 40, an hour and a half. So this year's show will be probably that half hour that I've put into last year's hour in an hour. You see what I mean? So it'll be new. It'll be mostly new. It will be mostly new, but weirdly, it'll be on the. It'll probably have the same structure. Probably the same beginning and end because it was. I'd love to talk. I'd love to do it now, but um, but um, but it'll have a lot of different stuff in between. So um, so. But, so we've slightly copped out, but I just thought, you know what, it's the beginning of a tour. It is This tour is called Tough Lovey, was what named my show last year. So it's just Tough Lovey again, the tour show. Um, when are so. you, where, where is it and when is it? Do you know? Um, <laughs> they, they're not on sale. Yeah. The, yeah, it's on sale. I haven't yet tweeted them. Can I quickly put on yeah, my no, computer? They, uh, you, you're doing, you up for the whole festival then, or just for... I'm not for the whole festival because I'm but doing... you're play. only doing stand-up for the eight days. For, for basically two weeks, two, two of the weeks I'm doing four, four shows. That's, that's, so that's quite new for you then, then yeah. you like the majority of the festival will be taken up by the play. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um... And is the play at the Pleasance, is it? Uh, the play is... Like Gilded Balloon, you say? No, no, my eight shows are at Gilded Balloon, the play is in Pleasance 1. So oh, it's a, wow, big. Could be a biggie. Yeah. But um, I've got excellent projection, uh, trained for three years at drama school. No, I'm really, really excited by it because, you know, stand-up, especially... I know lots it becomes of stand- quite samey. Yeah, and I know lots of stand-ups want to be... Um, uh, I've started as actors, but I actually haven't done a normal play play without... I mean, I did a monologue that time I went to Trivago Studios. But... Um, uh, so I'm just getting the dates for my show. Um, but to do an actual play and to be involved with a group of people would be very bonding. My dates are... <laughs> I'm doing all those dates. <laughs> no, I'm doing six... <laughs> Honestly, this is me. Okay. 16th to the 26th of August. Uh, Gilded Balloon. I think it's Dining Room, is it? I'm not sure. That's the second half of the festival at the Gilded yeah. Balloon. Yeah, Gilded Balloon, 16th to 26th. Uh, but I'm not doing, so I'm doing 16th to the 19th and 23rd to the 26th. So it's 16th to the 26th, but not the 20th, 21st, 22nd. So it's two groups of four shows. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, well, it's it sounds amazing, brilliant. Brilliant. It sounds yeah. great. I, I, like, I really want to see that show because I'll probably want to see the tour show. So, oh. And I might have a Gilda Balloon Pass, which would help. Oh, yes. I, I know I shouldn't be telling you that, but uh, just when I've I really hate that's another. Oh, God, can we go back and talk about Edinburgh and how I hate <laughs> people getting freebies to my shows because they yeah, It's a bloody pass, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for, <laughs> for coming along. That was Hal Crandon. I hope you enjoyed his, uh, his as he would say, very middle class polite tones he does sound a little bit like he's the voice of radio 4 or the the voice of what you think radio 4 should sound like yeah so um seek him out if you have a chance he's still performing live a lot he's obviously you know credited up to the eyebrows from being on the palladium or performing elsewhere uh yeah i will be back next in uh two weeks time with another ed fringe podcast until then sayonara everyone